to the Provo Pick and Roll Podcast. Joining me today is the dad joke-telling, my bad announcing, cancer-solving point guard, Jordan Kress. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great. How are you, Brady? I'm doing pretty good. Also, we have a special guest today out there. Uh, joining us today is a Closet Utah fan um, and Yikes. Coldplay ambassador, Morgan Coombs. Welcome to the podcast, Morgan. I gotta, I gotta insert a funny story here. Okay. My younger brother Brandon, uh, he he was staying with us this weekend, and he told me of a story where my dad was going off about Utah football the next season, and Brandon goes, "Dad, I feel like I was brainwashed into liking the Utes. I don't even like the Utes. You just forced <laughs> us to like them all through our childhood." See, that's so I don't know how true the closet Utah. Fan that's what I mean by closet is that yeah. he really it's is D- a Utah fan. In the Every time Utah like wins or does well, he's like, "Hey Brady, did you see the Utah game?" And I was like, "No, I don't like don't Utah. Care. I don't care about Utah. I'm a Texas fan, a BYU fan." But he always seems to mention it, which I'm fine <laughs> with. But it's just you know, just evidence. Of let it, let it be known early on that BYU is. I'm also a BYU fan. Covers, good, so. good covers. Yeah, he covers, covers all the BYU fans. Right he'll, try to, he'll try to make up for that today as we talk about BYU later in the episode. Kind of the <laughs> schedule for today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about college football. Never too early to talk about college football, even in April. Um, also a little bit of college basketball wrapping up the season and a BYU uh, preview uh, into next season, some of their roster moves and what's going on with Cougars. Um, and then later, later in the next segment, we're going to talk about the NBA and also um, delve into the all-knowing Marvel mind of Morgan. He's our Marvel expert. <laughs> I would, I would, I would say MCU expert. I, I have not read a single comic. Okay. Yeah. So, so I guess that's, out there, yeah, yeah. I got to make that distinction for sure because the I re- comics are, are their whole whole own like, and the, realm. The respect given to the comic book readers oh, yeah. needs to be massive, because that's a huge undertaking that I haven't done. Yeah, so. like such a time investment. So. Yeah. But, yeah. but before we start talking about that, we're going to talk about baseball, because it's been the opening. Hey, the opening that was happened. sneaky. And we weren't going to talk about baseball. What are we doing here? I mean, you did, have you been watching the Padres and the Dodgers? Those series? You no, know, I have on? not been watching any baseball. Oh, it's not part of my thing. You, if, it, even if you don't like baseball, you should watch the Padres and the Dodgers if they ever play this year because those teams are really, really fun to watch with Trevor Bauer on the Dodgers, um, Machado and Tatis Jr. on the Padres. Those guys are really fun, and they're really talented and good. Um, but we won't really talk about that very much other than one more plug that Texas Longhorns are number three right now in the country in college baseball, mm. and they're also really good. So soon College Baseball World Series will um, – Again, that'll be in June, so we, as in oh, mostly me, will be looking forward to that. What if they play Abilene Christian? They did. They played Abilene Christian earlier this year. They they got um, payback for the basketball team. They won like 18-1. to one Go get them. So, so. Nice. Not really equal payback, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was satisfying in its own right. But anyway, sorry. We're not actually going to talk about baseball. I would talk Thank about goodness. baseball, but no, I don't want to <laughs> been outvoted um but we are going to talk about college football college football preview in april so the odds makers in vegas have come out um with their favorites to um win the ncaa national championship so i have the top 10 teams um 
via the Vegas sports books. Uh, do you want to start from number one or from number ten? Let's start with number ten. I think okay. it's always good to build up. Yeah. All right. So number ten. Number ten are the Texas Longhorns. Wow. Coming in at number ten, um, with Coach Steve Sarkeesian coming in and revamping that Texas um, offense and culture. Um, they have obviously a lot of talent, and a lot of playmakers, but they haven't really been able to put them together for the last decade. So uh, Vegas is at least a little bit high on Texas, but um, with valid trepidation. Number nine is the USC Trojans. Um, and let me know if any of these teams are if you're surprised by any of these teams or, or find any of these things interesting. Iowa State comes in at number eight, um, another Big 12 team. Number seven is the LSU Tigers. Um, that's the first SEC team in this top ten. And then we have Texas A&M joining them at number six. Oklahoma at number five. Georgia at number four. Ohio State at number three, Clemson at two, and of course Alabama is the favorite to win the national championship next year. Do you have any thoughts about those that kind of top ten looking into the next college football season? Yeah, I mean it is kind of surprising for me that USC is ranked so high, um, especially where they didn't they didn't seem to stand out very much last year. It, it kind of seems like these these preseason rankings, especially where they're this year early in the season, is more ranking the recruiting classes of all these. Um, colleges, because I think all these, I mean, as far as these rankings stand, I think it lines up pretty well with the recruiting classes. I anticipate that Alabama and Clemson had the number one and two recruiting classes, and then all the less kind of fell down kind of similar to that from there. But um, so, yeah, I, I think it just really comes down to, so these are the schools with a lot of talent. Now, which schools are actually going to be able to develop that talent in, um, in this next year? Yeah. And have it fit well into their system so is there anyone that you feel like kind of got snubbed from that top 10 that should be maybe a little higher on this list hmm i don't know not in particular is there anyone that you had in mind no i actually i'm pretty i think that, that 10 yeah i think that probably pretty, pretty good because it's just hard to know at this point who's actually going to be good yeah because you have at Al this point in the season alabama has bryce young as their freshman he was like the number one recruiting class mm -hmm. a couple years ago, and he had got to sit last year behind Mac Jones, and so Alabama always reloads. I, I mm -hmm. think Alabama, I haven't looked into them enough. I need to do some more research. Yeah. They could take a little step back this year, um, considering they lost, they always lose everyone in the draft, so it's hard to say this, but they lost like all of their wide receivers and Najee Harris and Mac Jones and players on defense. Like They lost... Quite a bit last year, so it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Even though I think Bryce Young's gonna be really good, so maybe they won't drop off the quarterback. Um, Alabama will be interesting to watch to see how they reload. Same kind of situation with Clemson, losing Trevor Lawrence, but they have uh, DJ. I don't even know how to say his name. Wungale. Wunga. Oh man, no, no, his I can't say. kind of hard to say. Wungale. Something. Wungale. Like Anyways, he he was pretty. Good. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. He something like he was, that. He was pretty good. He looked pretty good, though, yeah. He's um, definitely um, athletic. Doesn't quite bring the same package that uh, Lawrence brought to the table, but, yeah. I think Oklahoma, this is maybe my little bit of my Big 12 bias coming in, but I think Oklahoma, sadly, is going to win the national championship next year. I you think, think so? they're 
have the most returning talent of everyone um, at really all positions. Their defense was really good at the end of the year, and they bring a lot, a lot of people back. They bring back Brooks, their starting running back, um, uh, their starting quarterbacks back, all their, all their weapons coming in. Mm-hmm. they got a really good freshman class with Caleb Williams and Billy Bowman. Like they have, they're pretty loaded, uh, Oklahoma is. So they will be, in my opinion, the number one threat to um, win the national championship next year. Yeah, I I would agree with that statement because it was really just the beginning games of the season that Oklahoma looked pretty rough in, um, and that's those are the games that they dropped. Towards the end of the season, they were starting to look really sharp. In particular, as you mentioned, their returning uh, starting quarterback Spencer Rattler, he looked a lot more sharp offensively at the end of the season. I think he just kind of. Um, discovered like how he fit into that system a little bit more, and he was being more comfortable being a, a quarterback at the college level. So, yeah, and speaking of Spencer Rattler, he also by the Vegas odds is the number one um, most likely player to win the Heisman Trophy mm-hmm. next year. Which, given the Makes Oklahoma sense. quarterback history, is not really a surprise. Um, coming into his, I guess he's still a freshman technically. A, oh yeah, I think he's a COVID that freshman. Year? The COVID I don't know freshman if call that. Yeah. If that's a red shirt, technically, or what? But he's a COVID freshman, so he'll have that year under his belt, um, and they're going to be one of the top teams. So it makes sense that he's up there. A question: what, How? Where did uh, Oklahoma end up last season? In the rankings. In the rankings, yeah. I don't know what their final ranking was, but they won the Big Twelve, so they were the Big Twelve champions, and then they played Florida in one of the New York Six bowls and won. Like pretty convincingly, yeah. 17, like they destroyed Florida. So very dominant. Very dominant against the Gators. Um, and they got better as the year went along, like Jordan said. Their, their only couple losses were earlier in the season. And kind of after they got those out of the way, they were a young team with a f- true freshman quarterback. Uh, they got a lot better as the year went on. Gotcha. Yeah. And so going along with Oklahoma, there are several other, um, other players that are uh, considered to be most likely to win the Heisman. Some of these other names are um, uh, J.C. Daniels with Georgia. Uh, he's the fourth most likely. Bryce Young is actually the third most likely. I mean, no one has ever seen him play football on the college level. He's the, Alabama is the third most likely player to win the Heisman. <laughs> and then D.J. Bonalale with Clemson is at number two. So... Those are all pretty much just trusting, uh, trusting their their programs that they're going to be good and the best team and the best best player and the best team has a good chance of winning the for those a lot of those players. Um, Howell from North Carolina might be yep. the actual best quarterback in the country. He just plays on a team that's not as talented, at least defensively not as talented. That's true. They yeah. can put points on the board, but the the question is, yeah, is the, can they stop anyone? Yeah. But, yeah, he'll be fun to watch this next year. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina will probably be the main uh, competitor for the ACC with Clemson, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Um, some people like Miami and Derek King. Um, yeah. But I would personally, I would say North Carolina has a better shot there. Um, here's why USC is rated high is because they do have a lot of talent and uh, mostly Keen Slovis for USC. Uh, he is listed right here is like the eighth most likely player to win Heisman. So if he balls out, has a really good year um, in the Pac-12, that's kind of weak. 
USC has a chance to run the table. And then after that is Bijan Robinson, the standout um, running back for the Texas Longhorns, um, who you will want to watch him play. He is very impressive, like Adrian Peterson, kind of freaky, athletic. Uh, and, yeah, so he's will be very exciting to watch next year, whether he wins Heisman or not. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the list. So, a little bit of introduction to the 21, the 2021 football season. Awesome. Yeah, that's exciting to start. Start thinking about. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm excited to see. Um, wait, what's the Texas Longhorn running back again? Uh, B.J. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. I want to say B.J. Robinson. I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear uh, to, or to watch him play. From what you said, it sounds like he'll be really fun to watch. So it's really fun to just watch those running backs that know how to pick apart a defense. And yeah. Yeah, if you should, should go watch, this is the most athletic thing I've ever seen in my whole life is when they played Texas Tech and B. John Robinson tried to hurdle someone and he like didn't make it because the guy didn't go all down all the way. So he got flipped all the way over and landed on his face, but his back like curled over like a scorpion. And so, wow. like, his face was on the ground, and, like, his feet were almost where his face was. Wow. And then he just, like, jumped up and, like... And he was fine? He was fine. Because that would have, like... It was the scariest, like, me. moment yeah. I've ever seen in wow. sports. I was like, wow, he might have died. Like, he might have broken his neck, and he might literally be dead on the field. And he just hopped up and, like, walked out. And I was like, wow, that guy, <laughs> that's the most athletic, like, flexible human. So, that wasn't even, like, football. Anyways, you should watch him when the time comes. Well, awesome. And, yeah, another thing that we wanted to do is uh, specifically preview the football season for um, BYU, talk about some of the incoming recruits that they have and what their season's going to look like this next year. So who are some notable freshmen that are um, coming in this next year for BYU? So um, BYU football, they had, a, they had a decent recruiting class this year. They were only ranked number 75 nationally, which isn't, doesn't sound that great, but they only had like 15 recruits or so, and the, the, the most you can sign on a given year is 25 for a college football program, but because of how BYU is unique with having to balance missionaries coming back, mm -hmm. and they can yeah. only have a certain, certain amount of scholarships for the whole team, they kind of uh, bit the bullet this year and uh, had a small recruiting class. So even though they're ranked 75, that's a lot of that's because of how small the class was in, in, in totality. Whereas their average rating for the class was 0.839, um, according to 24-7 Sports, which is pretty good. Uh, it's one of the best classes they've had since, since like 2010, like for the past decade, on average rating. So that includes guys like uh, Raider uh, Domini. I don't know if that's how you say his name. He's an athlete, 6'2", 190 pounds. Um, I've actually played basketball with him. He's really? pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. Do you he's have pretty any athletic. insights from... I mean, I can tell you about his basketball game. Yeah, he's a pretty good wing player, you know. Um, he can get up, too. Okay. Um, he can jump jump pretty high, and he um, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. So, okay. but I don't know how that's going to translate over to his uh, football performance. So, right. But just throwing that in there, you know. Yeah, yeah so he, he's, he's a good get. He's a three-star. Um, out of Provo, another guy out of Provo is Logan uh, Fano. Um, he's 6'4", 230 pounds. He's a weak side defensive end. Um, rated, he's the number five player in the state of Utah, so that was a good get for BYU. They have a couple big 
offensive lineman um, from California, um, the Miguel brothers. I don't know if I guess they're twins if they're going in at the same time. Uh, I guess one of them is a offensive lineman, the other one's uh, going to be it. He's also a weak side defense fan. So I got one on offense, one on defense from that family, um, and several other several other guys from this this class that uh, that should help bring depth, bring size. On. Is there anyone else that stood out to you? Uh, no one in particular. I was just trying to think about um, how these players that are incoming are going to fit into the system, especially thinking about the players that are leaving. Um, I mean, the, the main ones that come to mind for me are, obviously we're losing Matt Bushman, the fantastic tight end, um, and then also Zach Wilson, the starting quarterback, and then um, Dax Milne, all those um, weapons on the offense are all leaving. And, and also, we're, we're losing some of our linebackers too, right? Mm -hmm. Who's, is Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Kifusi? Kifusi's gone. He's gone. Um, and like a lot of other staples from yeah. that defense are going to be gone this year, I think. So, yeah. So I'm just trying to think about how are these people going to try to, are, how are these people going to be able to fill those gaps that are being left by those seniors and other players that are, are leaving from this last year's team? Yeah, I, I don't know how many of these guys will see much of the field. Yeah, I don't know if we have any impact freshmen. Yeah, out of this class, be, but um, yeah, uh, I'm sure there'll be some. Yeah, some that will be able to see the field, but uh, I'm not expecting very much in the first year out of this this freshman class, which is fine. As we'll talk about in a minute, their 2021 roster should be should be okay. Should be able to rebound mm -hmm. after losing a lot of guys um, this year to graduation and the draft. Um, but the most important get for the team this year wasn't really from the traditional recruiting class, but was from the transfer portal. Um, Puka Nakua from the University of Washington, four-star recruit. Um, he's the he's related to Kai Nakua, who's the standout safety mm -hmm. for BYU, uh, who went to the NFL. Um, and Puka is is six one, two hundred ten pounds, really athletic. Be a guy who can go get the ball and make plays. Um, and there's not very many talented four-star recruits, uh, especially in the skill positions that come to BYU. So any any one that they can get um, at a wide receiver, running running back position, can make an immediate impact. And I expect Puka to do so. Also, his brother Samson Nakua. If you remember the wide receiver who, for some reason, wears number 45 for Utah. <laughs> he is coming to BYU as well. Uh, I don't know why he wears 45. That's like a yeah, fullback number. Yeah, that's a traditional number for wide receiver. Maybe that's, maybe that's why he wants to stand out. But he's pretty good as well. He's he's had over 1,000 yards in his Utah um, career. He's a senior, but Puka Nakua uh, still has, I think, three years of eligibility left. He only played one year at Washington. And it may be four, actually. I'm not sure if that year was the a COVID, COVID year yeah. or not. Um but three or four years left for Puka Nakua, so that's a that was that was exciting. Um, as far as incoming people this year, and then for the 2021 roster, uh, is there any considering the new people coming in, and and considering all those that have have graduated on the draft? We, we mentioned Isaiah Kafusi, um, Bray Christensen, obviously Zach Wilson. Um, there's a lot that's left, but who, mm -hmm. what, do, what do you think will be the strengths 
for this 2021 BYU football team? Um, I mean, I guess, uh, so we have both the running backs coming back, right? Lapini Katoa and uh, uh, Tyler Algier, Algier should yeah. both be coming back. So, yeah. And they were pretty good. They were pretty consistent um, throughout this last year. I guess the question will be is if the, the offensive line will be just as consistent, allowing them to ha- establish a, a good running game. Um, but like a lot of the other areas, it seems like we're going to be lacking a little bit. I mean, especially stepping up for um, on the offense for the quarterback position. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It'll probably either be uh, Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney, I imagine, that are competing for for that position. So, and neither of them are, um, you know, in the same tier as Zach Wilson. So, that will definitely be a step down. And then the wide receiver um, core is also taking a hit with the loss of Dax Milne. So, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think the quarterback battle will be very interesting. Because there is Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall, like you mentioned, but there's also Jacob Conover, mm-hmm. yeah, who's a freshman four-star recruit out of Arizona, I believe, um, who's highly touted, um, got a really good arm. So it'll be very interesting out of those three to see who comes out. Is there any? Is there any one you prefer out of that battle? You know, I don't know if I have one that I prefer because I don't know much about J- Jacob Conover at all. Like yeah. I have just heard, you know. We haven't, we haven't seen him play. I have seen Jaron Hall play. Um, the thing with him is I really like his mobility. Yeah. He he seems to be a very active quarterback, and he can um, kind of create plays outside of the pocket and um, stuff like that. Baylor Romney is the opposite of that. Yeah. Like he was a pretty good, consistent uh, quarterback, but he wasn't very good with the deep ball and definitely not very mobile. So um, he would be the one that I would lean away, to, uh, away from the most. But, yeah, either Jaron Hall or, or if Jacob Conover really steps up and is um, looking really sharp, then I would be happy to see either of those take that position. Yeah, I think it will, we'll be able to tell a lot about the quarterback room just by who wins the job. Um, yeah. Which sounds simple when I say it like that. But, like, if Baylor Romney wins the job, we learn... Then we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, honestly, no offense. I, I like Baylor Romney. No, he, he did a great. really good job he coming really good in when he had his chances, but he doesn't have the physical tools or athleticism mm-hmm. to be exceptional. Yeah. So if he wins, that means everyone else wasn't that great, and he was just the solid like senior, redshirt sophomore option. Yeah. Right. And then if Jared Hall wins the job, that's who I expect to win. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's the most athletic, like you mentioned baseball player throwing different arm angles can throw on the move gives you the, the option to run through the offense so I would like him to win the job but if Jacob Conover wins over both those guys as a freshman true freshman pretty much COVID freshman then he must be really good so yeah so that'll, that'll be exciting running back room has the weapons like you mentioned um, the wide receivers won't be too bad they have Neil Potu coming back. Um, Cody Epps, I really liked as a freshman last year. And then Gunnar Romney um, is coming back as well. And then we just mentioned the two uh, Nakua brothers coming in as well. So there's plenty of players there. The tight end group will be exciting. Uh, I, Isaac Rex coming back. Mm, yeah, as a freshman. good. And then do you remember Dallin Holker? Does that name ring a bell? It does ring a bell, but he didn't play last year, he, did he? He went on a mission. So he played okay, our freshman year. Uh, and was teamed up with Matt Bushman. So he played under Matt Bushman his freshman year. And he was 
he got big um, praise in camp and on the field when he was here as a freshman. So I'm expecting big things of Val Volker. So they have several tight ends that are good. Yeah, they, they, they really are able to refill a lot of places, even though they've lost a lot. more talent. They've lost more talent this year than they have that I can remember with the NFL draft. So I'm excited, but very interested to see together with the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, to see what BYU can do with their 2021 um, football schedule. Are you guys now Jets fans? Are going to be? Yeah, we have Zach Wilson most likely going to the Jets. Uh, sadly, it's unfortunate. Yeah, and RIP Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind know. of funny how that is, the better you are in college. Or you're kind of shafted yeah. when you get to the when you get to the pros. Which, like, you know, it's supposed to make sense because you're giving you the talent to out. the teams that are, um, you know, not as good. So you're trying to even out the odds. But I mean, we can see that that hasn't worked with the Jets in the past. They haven't been able to make anything of their talent with ta- uh, drafting Sam Darnold a few years back, and and then even going back further. If you want to go back uh, further than that. Yeah, they've Mark they've Sanchez. had multiple yeah like Mark Mark Sanchez, and none of them Gino have really Smith. panned out. So, never say so never, yeah, but this might be the time. And um, the New York Jets also have another first round draft pick, the twenty third pick. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. There's speculation that they could be going for Najee Harris at that pick, which would be an interesting tandem in the um, on the offense if they were able to get uh, get him as well. But I mean. The New York Jets need a lot of pieces together before they can really be a playoff contender. So, but yeah. But yeah, going back to to BYU football, looking uh, forward to their schedule this next year. Um, Some notable games that they have. So um, starting out with uh, Arizona, um, that's the very first game of the season. It's going to be in Vegas, so that'll be a neutral site. Um, Also playing Utah this year, so... It's really sad that we weren't able to have the matchup with Utah this year where it was yeah. likely that we would have won that matchup. But hopefully this next year... Um, could have snapped the streak. Yeah, could have snapped the streak, which, like... At this point, do you want the streak to end, Morgan? Cause, oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I wasn't sure how you felt about that because of your closet Utah fan I actually, inside. It's actually been so long that I've been a, not a closet Utah fan that I had forgotten that they've won... So many years in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I was reminded of that by my brother. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm rooting for them, for sure. Well, just briefly, does Utah look good next year? Do, do you two know that? Because I, I don't know that. So Utah, Utah has uh, potentially two quarter, uh, quarterback battle right now. They have a graduate transfer from Baylor, hmm. Baylor's previous starting quarterback, whose name escapes me right now. He's played at Baylor for several years. You have to remember his name was. Anyways. Nope. He's decent. He went to Utah, and he's gotten some good praise. And then they also have uh, Jaquinta Jackson, who's a uh, UT Austin, um, Texas Longhorn transfer quarterback, who's really athletic. Hmm. Uh, they lost the Nakua brother, wide receiver. They're always talented yeah. on defense, so they'll be good. I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were the like the past couple years when they were top ten team in the country. Um, but they have some talent. They'll be they'll be a threat. For BYU for sure. Should be a good game. Some other notable games. Arizona State on September 18th. That will be in uh, Provo. Uh, Boise State is also going to be in Provo. 
and then we're going to be hosting the Virginia Cavaliers, um, hosting yeah. the former BYU head oh, coach no Bronco Bronco Mendenhall. So that will be that will be a cool. That's uh, kind of a game of the year, right? I think so. Like, I know Utah is, but like, yeah, like that'll be yeah. that'll be cool. And Virginia's been um, kind of in and out of the top twenty-five rankings throughout the last couple of years, and they've been pretty solid. I think they're losing their quarterback, so they'll be really like you know, it'll be a little bit different for them this year, but I'm sure they'll still be um, one of the uh, top teams in the ACC. Bronco's done a pretty so, good job with that program. Oh, he's, so he's done good. fantastic yeah. because the Virginia Cavaliers were kind of a laughing stock yeah. with football uh-huh. as far as that was concerned. So his ability to turn them around in such a short amount of time has been really impressive. So, so yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, our preview for the... And ending the season at USC. Well, oh man, I didn't even see that one were, at the Coliseum. They were in your top ten that you mentioned. Wow, right? yeah. Uh-huh. So I guess we'll have to see where they're at at that point in the season because yeah, they might they, may not they might not even be in the top twenty-five at that point in the season. But, but still, if they do, like it's still a notable win yeah. for BYU. Like if they're able to pull that off, especially if it's in the Coliseum. So all right, answer this: best case scenario for BYU football end of season, like record, record, looking at bowls. What are the odds? Well, the problem with bowls is they're going to go to the freaking Hawaii Bowl or Potato Bowl or whatever because mm-hmm. they, like, once they get six wins, they just accept a bowl unless they <laughs> go to a New Year's Six Bowl, which isn't going to happen. So, as far as bowls go, I don't really have any expectations. But Yeah, it'll probably be a similar a similar bowl to what we got in this year. I mean, I can't even yeah. remember what the Boca name of the bowl. bowl. Oh, right. you have the Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Boca Raton, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be another bowl like that. I anticipate them maybe being a, a two to four loss team because um, most of the games that they should win, like uh, if it's going to be a typical BYU season, they'll beat the teams like uh, Baylor and uh, Boise State, Virginia, but then they'll lose to um, Utah State or South Florida, something like that. See, so I, where you just those teams that you anticipate them to win, but then BYU they just come out of nowhere. Let's look at how many wins are like you. You re, we really expect like ninety five percent sure they're going to win, right? So we got USF, yeah, at home, got to win that game. Yeah, I would say the first game against Arizona is a must win because Arizona yeah. is awful. Um, at Utah State, that's going to be. At Washington State, probably a win. Yeah. Idaho State, Georgia Southern. So that's six. Yeah. That's six wins that I'm pretty confident about. And then let's say you split the other ones. They end up going eight and four. Right? That's kind of what Solid I'm expecting. Year, yeah. I would expect eight and four. But there's not a single team on here that it's like, oh, we have no chance. Like, mm-hmm. they, they could oh, yeah, win. Oh, yeah, they could, they could win all those games. Hypothetically. Yeah. Who's the best team they're playing? Virginia? USC? USC. Probably, yeah, USC. USC? At mm-hmm. USC, for sure. Yeah. Ending the season on that. So, yeah, hopefully they're in good good form by that point of the season, and they'll be able to it'll give be, them a good game. They'll get Idaho State a week off and then George Southern. So they'll get so it'll be pretty easy. And get to plan for USC yeah. for a few weeks, so that'll be nice. That'll be good. Maybe ruin their season. That'd be fun. They actually do have a good season. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Anything else that you guys wanted to mention with uh, the BYU football preview for this next year? I'll just say that I will FaceTime the two of you into our home games. 
this year. I mean, yeah. if maybe if they do well, maybe I'll come back for one of them. Come back, yeah. yeah come come see the, come the, the duel. Sleep out on the tarmac again. Oh, that was a good time. That was a good time. I think I think my days of sleeping out on the in a parking lot are over, though. How many? How long would that stretch of days? For me, that stretch of days, the days of sleeping on a tarmac, was one day. Yep. It ended it, after it, that. It began and ended on that day, because that experience was singular. It was it was fun. I'm glad I did it, but it's definitely not but an experience I feel like I want to have. Solitary. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Only that experience. Only that experience. All right. Well, yeah. That concludes our. Um, our preview of the BYU football season. So now let's jump into the BYU basketball season. So kind of to, to recap, there is a bit of a disappointing end to the season this last year in the NCAA tournament. BYU ended up falling in the first round to UCLA. Um, UCLA ended up going to the final four. So we watched it in this room. Yeah, it was quite disappointing. They just didn't really look, they weren't in the game really the whole time. The uh, UCLA was able to maintain about a 10-point lead throughout the whole game. And and UCLA played well, so we have to give them that. They looked sharp offensively. Johnny Juzang Juz, could yeah. not miss. So in, in hindsight, and this this is where I'll be able to contribute a bit more, because I follow, I follow BYU basketball more than BYU football. But in basketball in general, I, I have – I just – to put UCLA in a play-in game – Against Michigan State, yeah, and then having them go to the Final Four, that kind of seems like an oversight by the committee to yeah. put them so low. Like, how can how come no one knew how good they I were? I mean, on the contrary, I think it wasn't an oversight. I think they did it on purpose because mm. the yeah. UCLA Michigan State game is going to get eyeballs and make money. Mm. Yeah, see, their plays about money because they wanted that. Because usually, no true. one watches the first four playing games. Yeah, but if it's teams true. like UCLA but, and Michigan State. You're going to show up. You're right. There's that's, like more, that's really unfortunate for BYU, though. I mean, I just right? remember all the predictions yeah. going in were like, Michigan State's got it. Tom yeah. Izzo's going to take it. And then they, they can blow past BYU. And it was totally not what anyone said was going to I mean, happen. it did go to overtime. Yeah. So, like, Michigan State, it's not like Michigan State got blew out. That's, that's the interesting true. thing, is that UCLA almost... They almost lost the almost very lost first, the first game. game. They almost didn't even get into the field of 64. Yeah. So Props to them, though. Great yeah, run yeah. in the tournament. No, they played great. The Gonzaga-UCLA game. Or... Uh, yeah. yeah, that was the best college basketball game I've watched since. Oh, that was the Vanilla, North Carolina. Villanova, North Carolina. Is Juzang still at UCLA? He's going to be leaving. He's, gotta be gone. He's declaring for the draft. His draft uh, ratings went up so high from that tournament. Like before, he wasn't really even projected okay, to get yeah. drafted, but now he's going to be a first-rounder, probably middle of the first round, not quite a lottery pick, but um, but he'll definitely go in the first that round. That dude made tough shots. He yeah. did. Like, Every shot. I don't feel like he didn't have an easy shot the whole tournament. Because, yeah, like, shot like 80%. Teams were cluing into him. But he like double still... teamed, like, fade away, like, step back. Yeah. It didn't matter. Jumpers. Like, man. He and was... he just looked really smooth yeah. on offense. Made like... it look easy. He did a good job on defense, too. Mm-hmm. On Kispert, wasn't it? That he was matched up with him for most yeah. of the yeah. Gonzaga yeah. game. Yeah. And that's a... Taking him away is a great thing. Yeah. No, yeah. He was he was really impressive. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not really disappointed in... The loss, I'm more disappointed into how the the coins kind of fell for BYU because mm-hmm. I feel like they did get gypped. Um, I read an article saying that um, like they were supposed to be the quote-unquote top six seed out of all the six seeds in the tournament, and they ended up playing the hardest 11 seed. Right. Um, if they were to play the easiest 11 seed, they would have played, the, um, uh, they would have played Utah State. Mm-hmm. But I think the committee didn't want to to have a BYU-Utah State matchup in the first round because 
because of the in-state rivalry, and then like they've already played each other in the regular season. So and to think that we could have played Abilene Christian. Yeah, I know what you know, they could have they definitely won that the Sweet Sixteen they won if they game. could have yeah, played they Utah State in the first round. Would have been a BYU and then Abilene Christian uh, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, which they probably would have lost to Bama, but. It still would have been fun to see them make a Sweet 16 run, Absolutely. which is what which is what I was hoping. That's like really the ceiling for this team this year. So yeah, I mean that was the, that would have been the yeah. national championship. If yeah, they got if the they made 16. it to the Sweet 16. That's the thing. I'm not that disappointed. I'm disappointed because I would have liked to see them win one, but mm-hmm. they are who we thought they were. They're a good yeah. team. They're a good solid. They're just teams. average. I don't just know. Mm-hmm. Brady's completely more average in general for BYU basketball, whereas I follow him more optimistic side. I think that they overall showed much a much better performance throughout the season, especially towards the end of the season, than they did against UCLA. Like they didn't, it was not yeah. a consistent. Well, performance. it wasn't their best game, but sure. yeah. But, but Portland makes you look a lot better than UCLA. Does. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I just keep thinking about that first half against Gonzaga, though. That's true. I mean, but, but that's the thing. That great. The that's the best they'll ever. All of them together, they'll never so, play another basketball game better than that. I, and they I still lost by like eight. Sure, but that's Gonzaga we're talking about. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the fact what were they up like eleven and a half or something like that? Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but I'm actually happy. I was very happy with the season. Yeah, they did what they needed to do. Got to the tournament, which hasn't actually happened in several years. We don't count last year. Um, so it was a really good season for BYU, all things considered. So, yeah, so previewing the season for next year, um, yeah, so I guess we'll just talk about some of the incoming recruits and possible transfers that we have coming in and talk about how they might fit into the system and just overall how we feel like the roster is going to look this next year. So, um, yeah, Morgan, do you want to break down some of the incoming freshmen that we have for this this next year? Well, let me look at your list because are you talking about, okay, so we've got kind of the biggest... Uh, news, and this was a couple weeks ago. And I don't know if I'll get his name right. Tiki Ala Tiki? Ali Atiki? I think so. I don't know for sure. Just a massive dude. He, uh, I saw some of his clips on, on Twitter from kind of like recruiting last year, and he, he's very athletic. He can move. He can move. He can get down the, down the court. Like you have, here he's got like a 7 2 wingspan. Yeah. Um, which would be awesome. I mean, the more size we can get. I, I, read an article where they just were talking about how he will need to be trained up a bit. Obviously, it will take a while to get into like what college basketball is, but he's got a lot of raw talent. And where is he from again? What college or what uh, high school did he come from? So he actually, so he, I think he's from Nigeria, and he played uh, high school basketball in Canada um, at like some basketball, the London, the London, London Basketball Academy or something like that. So, so he's had some good like basketball experience. Um, but he'll probably still be kind of raw coming yeah, out of high yeah. school. He'll, de- he'll definitely need to develop his game. Um, but he's exciting because, like, like coaches always say, you can't teach height. Yeah. Well, I guess they also say you can't teach athleticism. He's got both. So he's got both. <laughs> An interesting point here, too, is uh, he's the third player in NCAA history, college basketball player from Tanz- Tanzania, I believe. Is the name oh, yeah. So Tanzania. So Tanzania. not Nigeria. Tanzania. Not Nigeria. He'd probably be the first from Tanzania. Tanzania, but the third from <laughs> Tanzania. I mean, Tanzania. Yeah, Tanzania is in Africa, right? Okay, so I was yeah. at least in the right continent. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's exciting. 
Another exciting prospect that we have is uh, Fusenmi Treor. I hope I said his name right. Mm-hmm. He um, he's looking pretty good. So he's from Wasatch, Wasatch Academy, um, 6'7", 235, built like a tight end. Um, played with Loner. He right? played with Loner, yeah. So Which is always good coming into So it's that good, chemistry. like, to already have that chemistry built. Um, one thing with him is he played center in high school, so and he's kind of undersized for a center position, especially transitioning transitioning to the college game. So he'll have to learn to play more of a forward slash wing role. So um, hopefully he'll be able to do that. Um, one thing that he'll need to really add to his game is the outside shot. He only shot 25%, but that's on a, a four-shot sample for his senior season. So his shot looks good. It's a little awkward, but he... Um, like he has good form. He, I guess that'll be just something that he needs to develop as he comes in. But yeah, I'm sure Coach Pope will be able to work with him on that. Average 13.7 points and mm-hmm. 5.7 rebounds. So those are good stats. Yeah. Good helping score. Someone yeah. to look to if you need a couple points. And fun fact: He's also from Africa. He's from Mali, in mm-hmm. West yeah. Africa. So great, cool. That, those two and get George in there, like that's a yeah, yeah. Done a great Very job. Diverse. From Africa, yeah. Very diverse. It's uh, definitely different from BYU teams in the past. <laughs> it's good where to everyone's see. where everyone's either from American Fork or uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> Draper, <laughs> Aaron Draper. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so and then we also have Nate Hansen, who's coming from American Fork High School. So he, Nate, he'll don't be. Worry. A, we still have. So we still have the American <laughs> Fork uh, white guys, the short white guys well, that can shoot threes. So, so not only do we have him though, he's one of four returning missionaries coming okay. to the team, and I think him. So Nate Hansen as well as Trey Stewart are kind of the two that look like they will probably be used the most. But all four of these guys, uh, Trey Stewart from American Fork High School, Nate Hansen from Tint View. Then there's a kid called Casey Brown from Pleasant Grove and Jeremy Dowdle from Olympus. So all from okay. Utah and close all around the area. <laughs> Return missionaries. I mean, what okay. can you expect? So it's possible that some of them might be able to fill in the gaps at the guard position that BYU is going to have this next year because they're losing Brandon Averett, um, possibly losing Alec Porcello. We'll have, we're still... Mm. Pending his decision, hopefully mm. he decides to return. Okay, but Brandon Averett is not a confirmed loss. I mean, he maybe, isn't? maybe we'll get to that in a second, but that's not no. a confirmed I, loss. I thought he pretty much said that he isn't coming back. Could we talk about that now? Yeah, so, let's jump into that. <clears throat> Brandon, all three of them. So, yeah, initially, both Averett and Harms uh, said they were moving on. Mm, I think yeah. Averett was pretty adamant about it, and Harms uh, wanted to, I think, try his hand at the G League in uh, Europe. But. Um, Recently, and it's even today. Let's. There's this article in the Deseret News that was posted today, where assistant coach coach Chris Burgess mentions that all three of them are still considering a return, and not, mm. not just from him, but on their Instagrams. Whoever follows all three of them, they've all posted kind of these cryptic posts about weighing my options, or mm-hmm. you know, one more year. Yeah. We saw that Coach Pope sent uh, um, Matt Harms like a puzzle that when he. <laughs> put it all together and said, you know, hashtag one more year with a picture of him. So don't count any of them out yet. They're all still in the running and you can, you better believe that, uh, they're doing, BYU's doing their best, just all-star recruiting on them, uh, to get them to come back another year. So it will be interesting to see, but none of them are out of the question yet. Okay. That's interesting. Have you guys heard anything about when those players have to make that decision, whether or not they're returning back? Has there been a deadline set? Because I haven't seen, I haven't been able to find anything. So I guess we're I just we're just in this limbo stage. 
not knowing when we're actually going to figure out what our roster is going to be like. The this transfer next portal year. is an interesting beast because there are oh, yeah. some of these hard deadlines and things. Yeah, and there's no, you know, signing day. You know that everyone mm-hmm. has to commit on a certain day. What do you guys think? Do you think? I mean, you obviously want all three to return if they could. Do you think yeah. they? Do you think they will? Do you think it's the best choice for those three seniors? I mean, I don't know what they're. Uh, personal situations are like in their life but if I was in their position and I was given another free year to just play basketball for fun again because like none of these guys are NBA players like even Matt Barnes with his size they, they don't really fit into the NBA mold I don't feel um, so if I just had another chance to just play and have fun for another year I would totally take it so well, one last word too on that before we move on from them is I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, and it featured but it was put on by this guy named Benjamin Criddle. He's talks comments on BYU sports, and he had on the show Travis Hansen, who was a BYU basketball player, I think in the '90s or something like that, maybe early 2000s. Yeah, 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 early 2000s, and then he played in the NBA for a year, and then he went and played in Europe. Anyways, this uh, this Travis Hansen was talking about how he had these three returning seniors, Matt Harms. Uh, Barcelo and Averett over to his house, just kind of the four of them, and he was talking about how he was kind of doing the pitch to convince him to stay, and he brought up some good points. One one being that the, the opportunities that these players look for in Europe, like a lot of BYU players find great success in Europe, aren't as, aren't as abundant after COVID and after everything that's happened this last year. So the things that you would kind of, uh, wasn't it, uh, oh man, uh, T.J. Haas had a didn't he go to Europe to play? I believe so. I believe so. And followed his and followed his career very much. So, so right the, off. these players get get good shots to improve in Europe, but this year there's really nothing open as it yeah. was, and there's not really good opportunities to sign a nice contract. You could do it, but you'd just be shortchanged. And he was mentioning that financially, it's even just it just makes more sense because you, if you want to keep playing basketball and you want to do that. For your career, there's there are more upsides to staying, boosting your roster for a year in college basketball before you try in Europe, and hopefully by then, you know the pandemic will lighten up and we'll, we'll have more opportunities for them. There's a, it was makes inter- sense, interesting yeah. insight to think about. It's almost like a gap year for them. Yeah, just like biding their time until they have better opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Well, um, I guess building off of that, like another big factor that's impacting the way our college basketball and the BYU basketball team is looking this next year is the transfer portal. We had four players enter the portal this year. Uh, Colby Lee, uh, Jesse Wade, um, uh, Connor Harding, and Wyatt Lowe. Wyatt Lowe, yeah. So we actually just heard recently that um, Jesse Wade has decided to retire from his college basketball career. He um, just graduated from BYU, so I think he's just kind of decided to move on with his life. And, um, kind of forgo his basketball. Too bad about all those injuries. Yeah, it's, it's really sad because I was excited for him um, when he transferred from Gonzaga. I thought he was going to be a really good piece for us. But um, And then, yeah, we have Kobe Lee. He's going to Dixie State. He kind of has to stay local because his wife is actually on the BYU basketball team. Oh, so, yeah. I forgot about that. So, yeah, and, <laughs> yes, yeah. so he has to stick around in Utah at least so that they're somewhat close together. And then Connor Harding's going to be playing at UVU. So, um, I saw. I haven't heard anything about Wyatt Lowell, so I guess he hasn't announced it. I don't think yet. he's. So he, there's a possibility that he could still be coming back. But 
Um, and then as far as players in the transfer portal that be, could be coming to, to BYU, we were in um, the mix for a lot of like significant players, especially some guards that could fill that position that's, um, that we're kind of a little bit weaker on. So there was Mike Saunders Jr. He is a guard at uh, Cincinnati. He actually played at Wasatch Academy with uh, Fuseni Treor and, uh, and Caleb Lohner. So that would have been a cool uh, teammate reunion. Uh, but he decided to stay at Cincy. Um, Do you know the story behind that? Not really. And I don't know all the details, but and this is kind of more speculation. Apparently the head coach Cincinnati and him didn't have a great relationship. Oh. And... Uh, it was, I guess it, was, it wasn't anything crazy, but it was enough for him to, I want to play for somebody else. Yeah. He was really liking the appeal of um, Coach Pope yep. initially. And then uh, since he fired their head coach and hired oh. the assistants. And so then, he's like, uh, I actually like this guy. The, so The day that Mike Saunders was going to say, going to commit, he posted on his Instagram that um, I'm not committing today, you know, stay tuned. And then he switched back. So I'm wow. thinking that's what kind of happened. That makes sense. Kind of a bummer for sense. us, but. Yeah, it's too bad if Cincy would have held on to their head coach for like one more day. Coaches, uh, but I, I assume that's why it. they made that decision to fire their head coach, is, or at least that well, was a contributing factor. I mean, I don't know if that's why, but I mean, certainly it, didn't. Uh, certainly, yeah, would have helped yeah, the argument help. for it. Yeah. Sure. Um, another transfer that we were looking at was Alfonso Plummer from uh, Utah. He's a good <laughs> a guard. Shoots like forty percent from three. Yeah. He ended up going to Illinois, so. But that's okay. We didn't want the Utah transfer anyways. Yeah, I wanted the Utah transfer. I mentioned this to my... I just texted my dad a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, looks like BYU is really going after Plummer. And he just didn't reply for a couple <laughs> days. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> and then he just kept saying, oh, the transfer portal is ruining basketball. <laughs> oh, because, I mean, Utah took a hit in the transfer yeah. portal because they also lost they Timmy did. Allen to they Texas. Yeah, Timmy well, so. and, but they did fire their coach, which overall mm. is the best choice. And they were yeah. able to grab uh, Utah State's coach. Who's uh, been pretty good? Who's been great for Utah State? Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, I mean he's he's done really well with I that. I guess program, I am a closet so. Utah fan, coming <laughs> in with these tidbits. Like. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> um, we were also in the uh, contention for Jonathan Goldwire, Goldwire, the guard from Duke, but he has decided to uh, transfer to Oklahoma, so he's no longer on the table. So that's good. He's not a good decision maker. I mean, but he's pretty talented. Like he's no. a four-star recruit. Played for no. Duke, you said. Yep. That's right. He went to Duke. If we can get any guard from Duke. He chose Oklahoma over any other option, so he's not a good person, probably. He's not a good basketball player. I mean, player. Like I think this is your Oklahoma hatred coming out yeah. here. Yeah. I thought you were going to be unbiased with that. But, Who said um, that? I mean, you didn't hate on Oklahoma for the football preview. You were like, yeah. they're going to be the best team. I they're going to win them. the college championship. So. I respect them. They're all bad people. <laughs> but Every single them. one of them. Yeah, all of them. Okay. But they're... So the uh, transfers that are still on our radar, as far as I'm aware, is uh, Mike Nuga from Kent State. Averages 17.8 points a game. Mm -hmm. um, of course, he's playing for Kent State, so who even knows what conference that is? Is that the Sun Belt? The Probably Mac. the Sun Belt. I think it's the is Mac. Is that the Mac? That's my guess. Okay. He's, uh, what, what did we read? That It was BYU, Wyoming, and uh, UNLV that were yeah. the last contenders. And of the three, I'm hoping BYU has the most appeal. To, you would think uh, so. This kid. You would think so. So he would be a good addition. And as I've mentioned before, like the guard position is where really where we need to fill in the gap for some of the players that are leaving, potentially. Um, Eric Stevenson is a transfer from Wichita State. He averaged about 10 points a game. Mm -hmm. So he'd be another good addition if we're able to get him. 
Is there anyone else that you guys are aware of um, that could potentially uh, transfer to BYU? I feel like there's just so many names that get thrown out there with the way that the transfer portal is structured nowadays, but is there anyone else that is uh, seriously considering? You know, this article today from the Deseret News has uh, um, Coach Burgess talking. He wasn't able to name name drop. It says that can't discuss the players that he's talking about unless it gets leaked or the mm-hmm. players choose to divulge it. But they say that they are um, pursuing a lot of more, a lot more players. The transfer portal certainly isn't over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could in the coming weeks and months we could definitely see changes. But I don't know anybody else specifically besides Ken. those. Kent State is in the Mid American Conference. Just so you all know, and the only reason I know that is because Maction for football, which is when they play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. This is the only football that's on TV. It's good to know. See, I see when I hear you know Mike Nuga coming from not a great conference, or or like this kid uh, Atiki coming in and maybe needs some training up. I don't think there's anybody better for the job at like. Developing, Gal- yeah. developing a player, galvanizing yeah. a player, putting a team together than Mark Pope. Oh yeah. At least for BYU, right now, coming off of, you know, two good, better seasons than we've seen in a long time, I think he's just a, he's just been great for the program. Oh yeah, I think he's done a really tremendous job. I think the at least what I've been able to identify from BYU is kind of where they're lacking is just getting those four-star recruits. Yeah. If they were able to get one or two of those kind of recruits they could be like serious contenders for uh for college basketball but they you know they kind of just get all these middle tier tier players that are good and coach pope is able to work well with them and develop them into some solid players but you just can't like there's just a certain level of talent and ability that you can't teach that just kind of has to be recruited every time we we have conversations like this i think of what could have been last last year with uh you know, T.J. Haas and Yoli Child. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. that was a great looking. year. Yeah. But it'll happen again. On that down note. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that probably like wraps up our um, preview of the BYU season. It's probably more than you all wanted to know. But, but yeah, we're excited. Um, but see, this is how it always happens. We get so excited for the BYU uh, sports seasons. They let us down a little bit, but hopefully this will be a solid year. You know, maybe maybe if we set our expectations a little bit lower like we have for football, like, oh, 8-4, that'll be decent. So I've been trying to tell you. And then if we can at least make the tournament for basketball, that I'll be happy. I think, well, so, I think, I think so. I think, I think we've, we've got a good chance. Out of the running, especially if we get those seniors back. I think we've got to oh, yeah, them yeah, them definitely. If they, definitely. Don't get, if they don't get Marcelo back, though, yeah, that'll be tough. They're not tournament if Marcelo doesn't come back. Both yeah, playing. it'd be hard. I think it'd be hard. They don't have enough guard play. Unless they can get some, some transfer. transfers really pan out. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this, this segment. Um, stay tuned so you can join us again for the next, next segment where we'll be discussing uh, both the NBA and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Both great franchises. <laughs>